Welcome to the Christmas show, the Christmas special. Hope you had a wonderful time and you are still having, you are enjoying the holidays with your family, with your close ones. Keep safe, have a great time. I had yesterday, not only that I had, I spent time with my family, but we also had the Christmas Day games, which you probably already know that are a blast. Uh, there are always rivalries and players with history, with former teams, something like that. Unfortunately, yeah, we, I mean, we got to showcase a lot of NBA talent and some youth, some NBA legends already in LeBron, KD. But the matches were not that great in the sense that they were not that close. I've No game ended with a single-digit difference. But it was still great. And what I want to do in this episode is to kind of move through every game and say exactly what happened and offer my thoughts about these teams. Hope Some of them may already have two games. Yeah, I know it's early. I'm going to give some er crazy early predictions. But I'm going to say what so far I liked and did not like. Starting off with the first game of the Christmas Day, it was Miami Heat. Versus New Orleans, Miami Heat won by 13. And I want to say that the story of the night was the three-point shooting for the New Orleans, which is kind of inexistent. And I blamed that in my last episode when I talked about what every team did this offseason and what are their expectations. I mean, I think their starting lineup is very weird. Because you have... Ball and Bledsoe in the backcourt, not below average shooters. Brendan Ingram can shoot, but he's not really a sharp shooter. Yeah, Zan Williamson hasn't attempted the three yet, I, I think, in those two matches. And Steven Adams doesn't even attempt a mid-range. So the shooting on this team is very questionable. They need to run in transition. I think this is the only way they can outscore Zion played great. 32 points, 14 rebounds. B.I. with 28. Yeah, other than that, yeah, Josh Hart came off the bench, dropped 12 points. But from the other three starters in Adams, Ball and Bledsoe, they only had 17 points combined. I, This team is so confusing for me because of their starting lineup. Why would you start Ball and Bledsoe? Start Ball and put someone else at the two. Maybe a J.J. Redick. Yeah, I know he's old, but he can still shoot the ball, lights out. Or if you want to invest in your youth, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, I really like this dude. I think he's a... Not yet, but he has the potential to be a great player. Maybe a starter. You can try to start him, not end with the games with him, but, but and not play him like 30 minutes, but... Ball and Bledsoe in the starting background, I kind of don't like this. I think it's great that we see Zion Williamson with zero minutes restriction. He, just, he played great today and the opening night against the Toronto Raptors. Or not, I think it... Whatever, the day after opening night. I'm excited for this season with Zion. 
excited to see what he can bring to the table because yeah, last season with the minutes restriction is what kind of unfortunate. Now these are my complaints about the new this New Orleans team. The shooting most is the huge gap in their skill set. Because they are tall, they are athletic, they can rebound the ball, they can run the ball. You have Ball who's a great passer. He bleds always point guard, so he can pass the ball, obviously. Jackson Hayes, maybe he's going to improve. Josh Hart looks like a nice off the bench guy you need to you want to have on your team. Josh Hart is to me like the player you don't you want him even if you are a rebuilding team, even if you are a contending team, if you are if you even if you are a middle of the pack team. I think he's a great guy to have on your roster. So I'm expecting more from this New Orleans. I think this ceiling for them is a playing spot. So between that 6 and 10 seed, the Western Conference, because the West is tacked. But I don't see them winning a playoff series this season, as currently constructed. Even though both Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram really can make the playoffs if you think about it. Their start of the season was great. B.I. looks like he... He's going to pick it up where he left it last season, where he was a first-time All-Star. Zion Williamson, maybe with some All-Star potential this season. And talking about Miami, yeah, they shoot it 43% from the free. Duncan Robinson, 7 frees, 23 points. Dragic came back, 18 and 9. Adebayo, 17. So, yeah, this was great. What take some takeaways from this game if Robinson and Hero are better than last season I think, I think yeah this is a problem from the Eastern Conference team teams because I don't see them making the NBA Finals this season I don't see them winning the East but I see them definitely going to the Eastern Conference Finals once again so if you don't know, Miami Heat is one of the, I don't know, two, three teams that almost always draft diamonds. Doesn't matter what pick they had. So, Bema Adebayo was not a late first round pick, a late lottery pick, I think. Tyler Hero as well. Duncan Robinson was undrafted, guys, and look how he developed. So Miami Heat has a history of drafting amazing guys. And I I know I knew that they had a lottery pick and I was curious will they will they trade it maybe for another kind of all-star or and I was almost certain that if they draft with that pick that guy is going to be good. But look at the precious guy. 11 points in his first game. And he plays some quality minutes. Also one block, three rebounds. He looks like the kind of player that can guard your best wing player, maybe in three or four years, not really right now because he's still a rookie. But I'm impressed with his performance and I hope Jimmy Butler is alright. I know he left the game early. Only had four points, six rebounds, five assists. 
think he's gonna be alright. Didn't look that bad. Probably he'll miss. I don't know. Maybe some games. I think though that's a big problem for them. Avery Bradley, great pickup, twelve points. So yeah, these are my takeaways from this game, especially from the Miami Heat. This guy precious. Keep an eye on him because I don't think he's high on rookie of the year bets betting, but he might be a surprise. Now, next game was the Milwaukee Bucks versus Golden State Warriors. And I really don't want to give my early predictions, but if you remember, Golden State last season played without Clay and without KD. But Steph and Dre were there starting of the season. I think Steph played or five something like five games before he also ended his season with a wrist surgery but in those games they were really 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 bad and i don't want to overreact i know they played the nets and the bucks in the first two games but both of those teams really blew them out of the court so milwaukee won by 40 39 whatever 40 last night christmas day and Yanis has the bad game. 15 points? Yanis had only 15 points. And the Bucks won by 40. Middleton had 31 and Yanis was the second leading scorer with 15. So it looks like these additions helped in the offseason. DJ Augustin, 13. Drew, 12. Bobby Portis, 10. Even Tanasis had 4 points. The story of the night, or not of the night, of the first two games for the Golden State Warriors are really Wiggins and Kelly Oubre because I saw a photo on Twitter, I don't know if it was real or not, but it said that Kelly Oubre had not scored a point yet if it didn't came from a dunk. If this is true, it's crazy. This game he had 3 points. Wiggins had 12. But they shoot it terribly. Terribly. Tonight. And a few nights ago as well. Draymond is still not playing. So the Warriors need production from these guys. They brought in Kelly Oubre. To replace Clay Thompson. Now I know that. Kelly Oubre will probably never be. Clay Thompson. But remember the last season he averaged like. 19 points or 20 points. Curry has a tough night, only scoring 19 points. Wiseman, great, great show, Wiseman. Looking promising, 18 points, 8 rebounds, 3 blocks. But Wiggins and Ubri are looking. I, it hurts to watch. They are just jacking up shots. Step back, freeze, contested, mid-range is like, for no reason whatsoever. Their offense is not flowing. They are not creating. Their offense IQ, let's say, is terrible. They're not thinking clear. They're jacking up shots like they're Kevin Durant. You're not Kevin Durant. You can't just pull up randomly and swish it, you know? Wiggins. 0 for 4 from the 3 point line. 6 for 14 from the 2. 
That's terrible. 33% field goal. Kelly Ubri, 1 of 10 from the field. 1 of 10. This is what you want from your Clay Thompson replacement. Curry also had a bad name, shooting just 2 of 10 from for the three point line. 35% overall from the field. But remember, Yanis had 15 points. 15! So yeah, this was the story of the night. And I don't want to give my early predictions, early bold predictions, but the Warriors don't look good. And if they keep playing this way, if Kelly Oubre and Wiggins don't step up, they might not even be in the playing tournament. And yeah, this will not look good for Curry. I mean, Westbrook carried the team when he won MVP to the playoffs at least. Kemba, oh, whatever, that was the East. So yeah, I think Curry really needs to step it up and try at least to make the playoffs because Jack lays out, but Draymond will come back. And I'm curious to see what shape Draymond is. Because last year it was a disaster for him. A completely mess. A disaster season. So yeah, let's, let's move to the third game of the night. A game that I actually thought has the potential to be great. And it started great. The first half <laughs> was great. But then I don't know what happened. Boston shot terribly well from the three-point line. Kemba is not there. And that hurt. Tristan Thompson got in early foul trouble. I mean, he had like three offensive rebounds in the first quarter of the game. But also had three fouls. So he had to sit down. That rookie, Peyton Pritchard, I enjoyed watching him more than I enjoyed watching everyone last night from the Boston Celtics. I don't know why. I really liked him. Brown with 27. Tatum with 20. But, yeah, I'm going to say the same thing I said about the Warriors. I don't want to say anything. I think it's still too early. There were just two games. But this Brooklyn Nets offense looks stellar. Stellar! There is no stopping them. And Kyrie, so far in the first two matches, looked like the best he's ever felt. 37 points with 6 rebounds, 8 assists. He's shooting the ball 62% from the field. He shoot it 7 of 10 from the 3-point line. I know this will probably not happen every night. And it's still impressive. KD, 29 points. Easy money. Sniper, 56% from the field. 3 for out of 4 from the 3-point line. Lovert had 10 points. Allen had 9 points. This team is so deep. I mean, look how many guys they played last night. I mean, I know it was a blowout win. 28-point win, but... 16, 15 guys played last night from the Brooklyn Nets. So this team is so deep. I, their offense is just flowing. They're playing so unselfish. And 
کایری کن شد، دورانت کن شد، لیورت کن شد، هریس کن شد، دینودی کن شد، شامت کن شد. I mean this is just unbelievable. They had two amazing, athletic, tall guys at the center position, Jared Allen and DJ, and you can see that they already look like they played each other with each other for like a gazillion of years because their chemistry is insane. Kyrie is passing the ball, is distributing so much. Durant, unselfish superstar. The only thing that might scare me is if Dinwiddie is okay with the role he has this season because he's like, I see. See, so he started so far at the two, with the combo guard, shooting guard. Last season he dropped twenty points on an average. This season, things hasn't started so good for him. He looks okay. He never complained or anything, but I don't know. You remember that I had before the season started. He had some things that he wanted to represent himself. Whatever. I don't know. But so far, so good. This Brooklyn Nets offense looks. Amazing. Nearly everyone can shoot, can create his off shot, his own shot, and the best thing is that they're distributing the ball amazingly. Lobs to DJ, finding wide open shooters. Levert had a tough night with seven turnovers, but he's risking it. He's trying to create for his own. When KD and Kyrie are on the bench. He embraces that role of okay. Now I can create some offense by myself. Let's see what I'm capable of. Yeah, this night didn't turn out to be great. You don't want him to do that every single position, but he's capable of doing it. And this is he can win six man of the year this season. He's that elite. I think he can even start on more than half the league right now. So this is what I wanted to say about Brooklyn Nets. They look amazing. Didn't expect them to look that good, that elite. KD looks like he's ninety percent back. Hopefully, he can stay healthy throughout the rest of the season. All of them can stay healthy. Hopefully, Kyrie won't have another one of his artistic moments. Let's call it like that because he will probably like that. Other than that, tipping my hat to this team and to Steve Nash, first-time head coach, this offense is moving smoothly. Wow! Meanwhile, for the Boston Celtics, they had a they had a great first game when Tatum called glass, called game. Lucky shot! You know that was a lucky shot. This game, the story was different. Another good team in the East, another contender. My pick to win the East, the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, the story was a bit different. Jason Tatum had zero points in the first quarter, and without Kemba, Jeff Teague played twenty-one minutes, zero points. Marcus Smart he played thirty-one minutes, but. I've said this before. You don't want Marcus Smart necessarily to dribble the ball and to be the playmaker of the team. He's a great defender, a great team guy. He can 
create a little bit of office, but you don't want Marcus Mar to be your primarily ball handler. Jason Tatum, I think, needs to be that. And KD played unbelievable defense on Tatum. Unbelievable defense on Tatum. So this is all. Let's move to the next game. The Lakers and the Mavericks. I mean, I expected this to happen. Another kind of blowout win. The Lakers won by 23. And yeah, they literally won every quarter. And this is what happens without Porzingis. I mean, Luka is terrific. Like last season, he's played great so far in the two matches he played. But without Porzingis, it's tough. Especially if you are going against the Lakers. I mean, LeBron, Davis, Montrez and Schroeder, these four combined for 90 points. And the Lakers shooted 49% from the three-point range this game. They are not necessarily a terrific three-point shooting team. Davis with 28. Harrell had 22. Proved why he was the sixth man last season. LeBron with the double-double 20 and 10. 22 and 10. Schroeder 18. And then off the bench, Kuzma 13. Morris 9 points. It's another great deep team. Nothing to say more about the Lakers because everybody knows. I, I think they are the favorites to win the West. To win the championship, I, Lakers-Nets is the matchup I expect, I predict. Based on what I've seen so far and even before the season started, I predicted that. And Dallas, yeah, Luka had 27. But it's hard. It's really hard without another also, like Porzingis. Trey Burke came off the bench, 17 points. Josh Richardson looks like he's integrated well into this Ricard like system, 17 points. His first game was played good as well. I mean, all the starters scored double digits and Trey Burke off the bench, but they need more production because they need Porzingis. And I don't know when is the timetable on his return, early January or something like that. I honestly don't want them to rush this. I would rather like to have Porzingis back at 100% maybe in February. But if he's ready to go, I want him to play when he's ready to go, not when he will be at his 85%. So yeah, this matchup with Porzingis, I think would have been much more spectacular, much more close. Luca said that he's ready to rise to his MVP expectations and so far so good. Yeah, he played great, but you can't be the MVP and lose games, you know. So, moving on to the last match of the day, a rematch of the Nuggets and the Clippers. We all remember what happened last Playoff series, these two teams faced each other. The story was different in this game. The Clippers won like every quarter besides the fourth quarter. It was too late for the Rangers to make a comeback. They shot it not so good from the three-point line. They only shot it six times. 
and made two. The Clippers also didn't shoot it much. Only 10 attempts and six makes. Jokic, one rebound shy from a triple-double, 24 points, nine rebounds, 10 assists, but five turnovers. Murray with 23, but didn't shooting necessarily good. MPJ had 10 points. I think he had 20-something points in his first game. And from the Clippers, yeah, it was a balanced effort, let's say. I mean, Paul George looked all right. 23 points. Nine assists. Six turnovers, though. So Paul George is... Being that facilitator looks like this game, at least. Kawhi also had seven assists and 21 points. So nothing out of expectations, let's say, from this game. We'll see. I'm really intrigued to see what Murray will look like because, yeah, during the season, he's good. But in the playoffs, especially against the Clippers, he, he was like an MVP, man. 40 points in that game 7. Not to mention the duels he had against Donovan Mitchell in the first round. Morey was an absolute beast in the bubble. I think one of the top 5 players in the playoffs. But first game he struggled. He just signed a deal with New Balance. I think he's the second sign of the New Balance. Besides Kawhi. So that's interesting. Ibaka played great, 15 points. Nothing to, nothing out of blue, let's say, out of reach for this game. But I expect Morey to do more because so far so good. They started 0-2. Nothing to worry about, I think. That game against Sacramento was wildly weird. With the tip-in by Buddy Hield at the buzzer. We will see. They have Will Barton now. Remember, Will Barton didn't play in the bubble. In the playoffs. I'm really intrigued to see what Michael Porter Jr. develops into. Because. As I said. First game of the season. I think he had 20 something points. But also this game. He didn't play that much. Only 20 minutes. So he's. Kind of still with the minutes restriction. I don't know if you want that. Yeah, he had 24 points in the Denver Nuggets in that uh, match against the Kings. So it looks like they are still careful with him. And this guy, a lot of people were high on Facundo Campazzo from Argentina. He's a great passer, a great pure point guard. But he's 5'11". I don't know he, how I said this. I don't know how he can match up with those NBA threes, dudes. Powerful animals. So, it's going to be interesting to see. So far, so good. He didn't play almost at all. I mean, he had three minutes in this game. So, yeah. Not having so high expectations on him. I'm interested to see the why they don't play much ball-ball. Because... In the preseason, he's checking out threes and making them. He's making a lot of good plays. He's shooting the ball. He can defend the rim. So, yeah, I, I mean, 
Why don't they do more with Ball Ball since they drafted him? I mean, what are they waiting for? Because I think that this is what happened again with... They drafted the MPJ. They know. They knew he was injured. They didn't play him at all in, the, in his first season. Now it looks like he's on a minutes restriction. Now with Ball Ball as well. They also drafted... So they draft some intriguing guys, but... They don't play them. RJ Hampton, they drafted this season. Remember RJ Hampton? Was one of the... He and Amelo Ball played in Australia this season. So I'm interested to see. Why don't they play RJ Hampton? Will they play more of the young guys like Ball Ball? Trust more MPJ? I think this is one of the curiosities about this team. Will they try... Will they try to make a James Harden trade? Because I think I said this earlier as well. I'm really interesting. I'm interested to see if they will do it because Michael Porter Jr., if he will be what everyone thinks he will be, he's a great trade asset for a superstar like Harden. Put in some salary fillers, some future first round picks, and I think that Denver Nuggets have enough picks to trade. The situation in Houston looks incredibly worse, and so they don't didn't play the first game because of the COVID protocols and safe protocols. They were still tracing some contacts between those players. I don't know if one of them or two of them tested positive. I don't think it's known which one. Harden again, going to a private party without a mask, supporting his girl, he said, but, and not to blame him, but we, everyone knows what Harden is doing. He's trying to get out of there as fast as possible because he doesn't want to waste, I think he doesn't want to play anymore, not even a single game with the Houston Rockets organization because God knows what could possibly go wrong and jeopardize his trade value and if God forbid something like that will happen he will have to probably end up his career in Houston I think what the Houston Rockets need to do is literally call every team that was interested about Harden and say give me I'm trading this guy right now give me your best and final offer and do that to all the teams that try to trade for Harden or were interested and just Straight him because he's creating too much of a distraction. They are trying to do something there with John Wall and Cousins. Still didn't see them together on the regular season. I think they played today against the Portland Trailblazers. They are supposed to play. I think Woj tweeted that Harden and uh, not Harden, sorry, uh, Wall and Cousins are still not available. I don't know if, if Harden is. I don't know. It's weird, and it's only the second. It was only the first game of the season for them, and they already had this drama. Not only with Harden, but it also the COVID tracing protocols. I don't know. So yeah, things don't look 
quite good and smooth for the Houston Rockets organization. Hopefully, they will trade James Harden soon, just soon, just to escape from that burden, and then focus on building something. Maybe with John Wall and Cousins, maybe a playoff. Well, I don't know. Neither of them played last season. If they somehow can come back to at least 80% of what they were, maybe they can make the playoffs. Christian Wood, man, I feel bad for him. He had a career year for him last season in Detroit. And right now he got his money with the Rocket. And he can't play because of all of this crap, all of this mess. So I think I will wrap this episode up here. Thank you guys so much for listening. Wish you to have a happy holidays, to enjoy having a happy end of the year. I'm going to be back in a few days. Let's see what happens. If James Harden gets traded or not. If this happens, yeah, you can book that I will do an episode on that. Analyzing who won the trade, who lost the trade, which team, which organization, with other teams that were not involved in the trade, how will they react, what will be their situation. Thank you so much if you've been listening through this moment. Don't forget to follow me on Spotify if you're listening to this on Spotify. Leave a comment on YouTube. Tell me your recommendations, what you like, what you don't like, if you enjoyed the show. You can support me on Patreon as well. The link is in the description if you're listening on YouTube. Like this video. Thank you so much. Keep safe and peace out.